0: Hello, and welcome to the teaching ministry of Impact Family Church. For more information, including service times and directions, or to find out more about us, you can visit our website at www.impactfamilychurch.com. We trust you'll be blessed by today's message. Glory to God. Have you found 3 John? If you haven't found it yet, just close your Bible. You never will. And look on with somebody else. Praise the Lord. Third John... Verse number one, he says, The elder, speaking of himself, the Apostle John, to the beloved Gaius, whom I love in truth, Beloved, I pray that you may prosper in all things and be in health just as your soul prospers. Last year, I spent quite a few weeks, actually it spanned more like about three months, A different time, interrupted, you know, and had other messages along the way. But during that time, I uh, I spent about three months talking about God's plan for our prosperity. It says here that he wants us to prosper. Well, I want to touch on the other side of this today. He said, I pray that you may prosper in all things and be in health. God wants us to be in health. God wants you to be healthy Physically, God is very interested in the health and the well being of His children. When you consider all the different ways that God has provided healing for us, it's a testimony to the value and the importance that He places on health and healing. Healing can come to us as a result of just. Praying, Jesus said whatever things you desire when you pray, believe you receive it and you will have it, amen? Amen. So you can receive healing that way. You can receive healing uh, by getting someone to agree with you, which is also a variation of the prayer of faith, getting someone's faith uh, uh, to join with yours. He's provided healing through the laying on of hands. He's provided healing through gifts of healings. But not just gifts of healings. Healings can come through the gift of special faith. It can even come through the working of miracles. He's provided healing through special anointings. Amen. And and he has provided healing by the Holy Spirit who lives on the inside of us. It says, if he who that raised Christ from the dead dwells in you, he who dwells in you will quicken your mortal body by his spirit who lives in you. He'll give life to your mortal body. So there's an ongoing, everyday availability to us of God's healing power. God wants you well. Amen. We're we're approaching the end of the end of, of, of the church age. Jesus is coming back. And he's coming back for a church that is fully aflamed, full of the Holy Spirit, but also full of the Word, full of victory, walking in what belongs to us. It is not acceptable to me to walk below my rights and privileges in Christ Jesus. I consider it a personal offense to God for me to not take advantage of what belongs to me. To know that Jesus has provided something for me and for me to not have that or at least be moving in that direction of laying hold of those things, that's not all right. That's not all right. God wants me well. God wants you well. And he has provided a a number of methods and means whereby healing can be obtained. But you know, you have to be established in the truth. You have to understand that God wants you well. See, people have uh, the the, the uh, idea that has been so uh, uh, frequently presented in church is that God is able to heal you if it's His will. And so people have been taught to pray virtually every time they pray about anything. At the end of that prayer, before they say amen, just whatever that prayer is, to tack on the words, if it be your will. And if, if if you look at the Bible and do a study of the Bible, you'll see that that phrase, if it be your will, is inappropriate in most praying. Most kinds of prayer, it's inappropriate to pray if it be your will. Now, there are times when we do pray if it be your will. <clears throat> we pray if it be your will when we're praying the prayer of consecration and dedication. You don't know maybe at the time exactly what the will of God is. You know, if you're going to go very far with God, you have to commit to follow him even when you don't know the, the, the full route. And if you're going to hold back until you're sure, you sure that God's going to cover you and everything's going to work out for you the way you want it to, before you uh, 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 agree to his will, you'll never walk in his fullness. When my wife and I, when we first started out in ministry, actually when I, when I first started, uh, when I first recognized and, and sensed as a young man, I, I hadn't been going back to church very long, and I sensed there was a call on my life to preach. I mean, I, I had no idea how I could ever do that. I could not give a testimony. I couldn't talk in people, in front of people. If anybody ever called on me in church, I turned red, my ears turned red, and my mo- my mouth certain, suddenly dried up, you know, it felt like cotton. I, I'd fumble around, I couldn't talk. And I'm, and I'm thinking, I'm called to preach. You know, I was, a, I was an usher. We had, in our church, we had... Uh, two sections in the the auditorium. So an usher would come down here for the offering. Two would come in the middle aisle and one in the other aisle, just like we do here, but we have four sections. And I was an usher and a pastor. (coughs) He had, it was his his custom when he called for the ushers to come forward and we all walked to the front, he would select one of the ushers on the front to pray over the offering. And I was so afraid that he would call on me I would, I would come down to the front and then I'd stand and I'd look off like this and act like I was looking at something. I mean, you know, if you have four ushers across here and they're all standing here like this, you know, and one of them's doing like this, you're probably not going to call on him. That was my hope. I was just afraid he would call on me. I, I mean, I could not talk in front of people. And here I feel like I'm called to the ministry. Well, you know, I never got any help until I went along with that. Until I accepted, I didn't tell people, but in my heart, when I accepted God, I will obey you. I don't know how. I don't know where this is gonna take me. My wife has not even come to church. She's completely backslidden. And here I'm called to, I don't know. I didn't know what the future would, uh, held. I I didn't know how God would do this, but I had to make a commitment to follow him. And I said, Lord, if this is your will, I will obey you. So there's a time to pray if it be your will. But if you tack if it be your will on the end of a prayer where you're praying to receive something from God that the word of God promises you, as soon as you say those words, if it be your will, you just destroyed that that prayer. It is a faith-destroying phrase most of the time. And so when it comes to healing, people have been taught, and you know it's true, it's it's widespread. Well, God can heal if it's his will. We know God's able. I heard that growing up, and it people would get excited when they said it. There would be a great need somebody had, you know, and, and people would get all all you know proud sounding and, and 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 it sounded, it had that, it had that faith resonance, sounded really. Well, I know God's able. I know God's able. I know He's. A, God is able. And they just get all worked up about it. Just getting all worked up about it. And, and I know they felt like, ooh, I've got, laid a hold of something. I've tapped into a rich vein. God is able. There's no faith in God is able unless you add to it that He's willing. Go with me to Mark's gospel and look at, at, uh, well, let's look at it in Matthew's gospel. Go to Matthew 8. Praise the Lord. Matthew chapter 8. It says in verse 1, when Jesus had come down from the mountain, great multitudes followed him. And behold, a leper came and worshiped him saying, Lord, if you are willing, you can make me clean. In other words, you can heal me. Now, leprosy is a terrible disease. It's very uncommon. It's not, not prevalent in most countries today. It still exists a little bit in places. But, but uh, in the days of the Bible, it was, it, was, it was a very common disease. And it's a terrible disease. It's terribly uh, infectious terribly disfiguring it's just a horrible disease destroys your whole life and this leper came to him and said lord if you are willing you can make me clean you know that's the same thing that that uh all the people in church that's essentially what they were saying when they got all excited said i know god's able brother he's able but that didn't result in the man being healed. He said, I know, he said, I know you can do it. I'm just not sure you want to. You see that? Lord, you, if you are willing, you can make me clean. And Jesus answered him without hesitation. He put out his hand and touched him, saying, I am willing. Oh, glory to God. I am am willing be cleansed and immediately his leprosy was cleansed when jesus said i am willing to this man he is saying to you i am willing i am willing it is god's answer to the need of man god is willing you know to to say to to say well i know god's able And people say that as though it's full of faith. To say, I know God's able is no indication that you believe he will do what he's able to do. Amen. If you knew somebody personally, if you knew today that that somebody had announced, I don't know how this would happen, if you just heard this announced, you know, that a very famous multi, multi, multi multi-millionaire was going to show up in our service Sunday morning somebody worth 500 billion dollars well you know he's able to give you a couple thousand isn't that right? and so if you know he's here you wouldn't get all excited I'm going to get some money today no just because he's able to give you some money doesn't mean he's going to well I I know I just feel so good today rich man's going to be there and I know he's able well, big deal. He's probably not interested. Isn't that right? Well, the difference is God is interested. He's not only able, he's willing. In fact, willing is too mild a, 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 a word to describe God's attitude towards your healing. He's not just willing, he's eager to heal you. He's He wants to heal you. God wants his people well. I'm telling you, as we we approach the close of the church age, he needs all of us well. For us to accomplish what God wants us to accomplish in these last days, we need to be ready in every way. We need to be strong, strong. We need to be well. We need to be prosperous. We need to be full of victory. We need to have the word uh, uh, on our lips, the Holy Ghost upon us. We need everything he's provided for us, not just for ourselves, but in order to be the kind of witness we're supposed to be. We need to, be, we need to have it all. Amen. Amen. God wants us well. Hallelujah. If you look into the to ministry of Jesus... Go with me to, uh, where are you, in the eighth chapter? Go over to the fourth chapter. You'll see that over and over, I, I have a whole list of scriptures I could give you where it says that Jesus did this, but I'm just going to read this one for the sake of time this morning. And I want you to read along with me in your Bible because this, some of you are, are not sure about this. Some of you need convincing. You know, let the Word of God convince you. Amen. Don't just sit out there with no Bible, not looking at the Bible, listening to me, running it through the filter of what you've always thought or what somebody's always said and then saying, well, I don't agree with that. That's not what I've heard. And I've heard something. But don't do that. Open your Bible. That's what it's for. If you didn't bring one, you ought to. But if you didn't, look on with somebody or if it's on your tablet, however the, you've got the word, look at it. Matthew chapter 4 Verse 23, and Jesus went about all Galilee teaching in their synagogues. Some of you still aren't looking at your Bible. Well, you're not going to have it then. I can tell you that. Jesus went about all Galilee teaching in their synagogues, preaching the gospel of the kingdom, and healing all kinds of sickness and all kinds of disease among the people. Then his fame went throughout all Syria, and they brought to him all sick people. Let me ask you this. Was anyone left at home? How many sick people did they bring to him? How many? Was, was there was, was, was 10 people left behind? Were there six people left in a home? Was there one little crippled guy that they missed? They brought to him all sick people who were afflicted with various diseases and torments and those who were demon-possessed, epileptics and paralytics. And he healed all who it was his will to heal. Is that the way your Bible reads? If you're not looking at a Bible, you wouldn't know. Listen, I don't have time to monkey around with people. You don't come to church, come to get something. Amen. Amen. And he healed them. How many of them? Them. Who would them refer to? Them who they brought. And they brought all. He healed them. Great multitudes followed him from Galilee, from Decapolis, Jerusalem, Judea, and beyond the Jordan. Notice. In all of these areas where they brought people, it said they brought, they, they went throughout the whole region, all of Syria, and they brought every sick person to Jesus, and he healed every single one of them. Go with me over to the, were we in the eighth chapter? Yeah, but we were earlier in the eighth chapter. Yeah. Go to the 16th verse. And when the evening had come, they brought to him many who were demon-possessed. And he cast out the spirits with the word and healed all who were sick, that it might be fulfilled, which was spoken by Isaiah the prophet, saying, he himself took our infirmities and bore our sicknesses. He healed all who were sick. Now, if if you did a study on... This uh, story and this event, is, it's captured here in Mark or in Matthew. It's also in Mark and it's also in Luke. If you look all of those, I think it's Mark chapter four and, and Luke chapter uh, eight, I think. But anyway, if you, if you look it up in those versions, uh, you'll find that the whole city was gathered together and they brought every sick person in the city. Just like in, in Syria, they brought all the sick people. And he healed every single one of them. You know, today people believe almost across the board that, well, I know God heals. I know he can. And I know he, he heals some if it's his will. But it's widely believed and taught that s- sometimes, if you really want to drill down below the surface a little bit, usually in, in that In that realm of theology, it's most of the time. But they'll say, you know, he heals when it's his will, but sometimes it's not his will. There are occasions, there are situations, there are certain people or certain uh, uh, situations that come up and, and certain cases where it's not his will to heal. How many of you know that people believe that? Nobody does, but this man here, thank you. Praise the Lord. I tell you, I'm just got a tough crowd to work this morning. You can raise your hand and you can, you can jump up and dance if you want to. It won't bother me. They say, well, God heals some people, but he doesn't heal everybody because sometimes it's not his will to heal. I could, I could go through, just those were just a couple of, of, of occasions, but go through the, the, the Gospels and over and over again... It tells us that people came from far and wide and he healed them all. Now, you would think if it's true, as it is, people believe it's true today that God heals if it's his will, but sometimes it's not his will. You would think there'd be one illustration of that in the ministry of Jesus, of all of these thousands and thousands of people. You'd think there'd be one snaggletooth guy that's just just contemptible, just a dirt bag that it wouldn't be God's will to heal. You would think there would be somebody in that crowd that was sick because of his rebellion, because of his wrong living, isn't that right? Jesus healed a man, he said, go your way and sin no more unless something worse comes on you. So we know that, that, that sickness doesn't always, but sickness can result from, from bad living. You would think, those thousands and thousands of people, there would be one guy. After G, In and, and one place, in one of the, the occasions, it says that he laid his hands on every one of them and healed them all. So that means that all of those thousands of people, on this particular day, of the, all of those thousands of people that, that, that filed by, he looked every one of them right in the eye. And you, you would have thought there had been one guy, he would said, hold on, wait a minute, bud step over here, get out of line, I'll talk to you later. You would think there'd be one guy like that, wouldn't you? He healed them all. Does that mean that they all deserved healing? Absolutely not. Does that mean that that all of them uh, uh, were living in uh, in, in the the most upright and and, uh, uh, wonderful and God-fearing way that they should? Absolutely not. God loves humanity. God's healing belongs to everybody. Now, there's one, there's one story that people will often bring up. And, and, they'll, and they'll use this to say, well, God doesn't heal everybody. Go, go with me real, real quick to, uh, to uh, Matthew 15. We'll just read this real fast because I want to move on and get communion this morning. Matthew 15, 21, Jesus went out from there and departed to the regions of Tyre and Sidon. Behold, a woman of Canaan came from that region and cried out to him saying, have mercy on me, Lord, O son of David. My daughter is severely demon possessed. I want to read, I tell you what, I want to read this from Mark's version. Go over to the seventh chapter of Mark. I'd rather read it from there. Yeah, verse 24. The only reason I'm doing that is because in Mark's version, it says that he healed the daughter, where it doesn't use that language in, in Matthew's verse. The only reason, Everything else about it is the same. Verse 24, Mark 7, 24. He arose and went to the region of Tyre and Sidon and entered a house and wanted no one to know it, but he could not be hidden. For a woman whose young daughter had an unclean spirit heard about him and came and fell at his feet. The woman was a Greek, a Syrophoenician by birth, and she kept asking him to cast the demon out of her daughter. And Jesus said to her, let the children be filled first, for it is not good to take the children's bread and throw it to the little dogs. And she answered and said to him, yes, Lord, yet even the little dogs under the table eat from the children's crumbs. Now, a lot of people will use this illustration. They'll say, see here, he didn't want to heal this woman's daughter. He didn't want to set her free. And if you just stop reading right there, it sounds like he rejected her and in fact insulted her. And she answered and said to him, yes, Lord, Yet even the little dogs under the table eat the children's crumbs. And he said to her, for this saying, go your way, the demon has gone out of your daughter. Now go back to Matthew's uh, version of this, chapter 15. Matthew 15. Hallelujah. She came in verse 25 and said, Lord, help me. And he basically said, no. He said, I am not sent except to the lost sheep of the house of Israel. He basically said, healing is not for you. She came and worshiped him and said, Lord, help me. And he said, it is not good to take the children's bread and throw it to the little dogs. And she said, yes, Lord, yet even the little dogs that eat the crumbs which fall from the master's table. And Jesus answered and said unto her, O woman, great is your faith. Let it be to you as you desire. And her daughter was healed from that very, very hour. I want you to notice, even though he refused her at first, he did it to, to, to spark some faith in her. He did it to, get, to move her from a place of begging to a place of rising up in faith and making a demand on, on the power of God she turned that situation around by the change of her attitude It is exactly what Jesus wanted and he said woman great is your faith let it be as you desire and her daughter was healed from that very hour now the reason Jesus first gave for not wanting to heal her daughter was that she was not an Israelite She was a Syrian from Phoenicia. That means she was a Gentile. She didn't have a covenant with God. Healing didn't belong to her. He said, sorry, God sent me to the Jews, not to the Gentiles. And and then he said, it's not right to take the children's bread and cast it to the dogs. She said, okay, I'm a dog. But even the dogs eat the crumbs that fall from their master's table. He said, that's exactly what I was looking for. I was looking for faith. But I, wanted, I want you to, just to go home with this idea today. Healing is the children's bread. He said, it's not right to take the children's bread and to give it to the dogs. Healing belongs to the children of God. Amen. Healing is the children's bread. Amen. We're the children of God. We're no longer Gentiles without a covenant. We've been brought into the family of God, into the covenant of God. And healing is our bread. And if, and if a Gentile can be healed off the crumbs, we can surely be healed off the full loaf.